What's the perfect makeup of a World Series team? It's a question that has endured throughout professional baseball. It's certainly a big topic, but we'll try and tackle it on today's episode. Let's go. Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Stitches Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Manderfeld. We've got a two-crew show today, just me and Robert Sangler. Robert, what's up, man? Not much, Luke. You excited to do the duo? It's going to be a uh, pretty... Excited to do the duo, man. Yeah, it should be <laughs> a pretty interesting episode today. <laughs> we got a busy week this week with the Super Bowl, and as you guys may know, Noah and I both live in Iowa, so we've got the caucuses on Monday night, so we're busy with that. So we are recording on a Sunday afternoon. It's actually like 50 degrees here. Is it the same up there in Minnesota? I haven't even looked, but I'm guessing it's about 45-ish. That's my guess. Yeah, it's usually what it is, like 5 or 10 degrees lower up there than it is in Iowa. Mm-hmm. So it's usually similar. But we got a fun show for you today, World Series Perfect Makeup. It's a topic, like I said, that has uh, been a question throughout baseball. I mean, how do you make a World Series team? Everyone wants to win a World Series. And one of our friends brought this up to us. He was like, well, is it pitching or is it a lineup type deal? So we're like, well, let's bring it to the podcast and uh, talk about um, what the what a team needs to look like to win a World Series. Obviously, we don't have all the answers. We're not GMs or anything like that. But these are just we're just two Joe Schmoes going <laughs> over uh, what we think as two people who've watched baseball our whole life and seen many World Series teams, um, including our favorite teams win the World Series. So, Sounds like pretty good credentials. Uh, yeah, we're pretty good credentials, just people sitting in their basement watching baseball, but um, that's fine. I don't care. <laughs> Robert, I was uh, I was reminded the other day, because last week it was your, your birthday podcast, which right. was really cool. Yeah, it was. I was. It was reminding me of, like, I think we've been friends for, like, 14 years now. Something like that, yeah. Even second grade. That. It was second grade when we first met, man. Second grade. I was in second grade. I think you were in third. Or was you oh, yeah, year? right, because you'd be a year. Yep, that's correct. Yep. Yeah, so we, we we lived down the street from each other in good old Northfield, Minnesota, mm. and I had like this yellow manga bike, <laughs> Yeah, you and did. I biked over with like my, well, we always like waved to each other, and we never like hung out, because I knew, I remember you from, we both went to the same Catholic school, so right. I recognized your face and stuff. Yep, and exactly. I biked, I biked down the street one day with like a deck of Yu-Gi-Oh cards, I'm like, <laughs> hey man, you want to check out my Yu-Gi-Oh cards? <laughs> and then a lifelong friendship was born. Ah, uh, yes, yes it was. And lots of baseball has been discussed in that That's time. That's right. Yep. A ton. So we had the idea for like the Stitches podcast like before college. Right. Well, not the, maybe not a podcast, well, but we always dreamed about the being like analysts. Yeah, the name. The name, the and Stitches. And so like, we're yep. like, we're going to go on MLB Network and we're going to have a show called right. The Stitches. I think we were like 10 or 11, dude. That's yeah, when I we first started. Young. It was really young. Yeah. We were super young. And uh, so this is what this kind of came about. And yep. we just, like I said, celebrated our one-year anniversary on the podcast. And it's just us two chilling, the OGs, OG baseball fans. <laughs> something like, like that. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Among our friend group, we're like the OG baseball yeah, fans. Yeah, that's probably true. We've been pretty loyal yeah. since day one. I think Noah so. joined a little bit later after us, but he always had yeah. that passion. But, yep. Yeah, and then Nick we met in high school, mm-hmm. and he's obviously a huge baseball fan too. And yep. we got a bigger group of friends behind right. just the podcast. We're all baseball fans, but um, we're OGs. Met him. We well, we met a few of them through fantasy baseball too. Or at least I did because I didn't know some fantasy of your buddies. Baseball. Yep. Yeah, because we have we are in the same American League only league, and a lot of them are baseball fans. Yep. And then uh, in our National League only, there's a few guys that 
I know through there, like Kyle and Jake. But yep. Right. Yeah. Uh, baseball, man, it brings people together, and that's why we love it so much. Also, it's a great game. It is. It is an amazing game. It's a There's game. a lot of a uh, lot of outliers in not just the game itself, but just the passion how people play the game. Uh, there's a lot of emotions running wild. You can see that in the World Baseball Classic mostly, but you can Dude, also see it in away. the playoffs. Yes, and that's literally my favorite time to watch baseball. They had like a everyone's dream emotions, team, and they had like so like the American League outfield is gonna be absolutely bonkers. Yeah, I it's saw gonna that. be like Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, and like oh I think it was gosh, like Christian, Christian Yelich. Yeah, I seen that. And then too. they were like, "Let's put Bellinger at first. I'm like, "Oh my god!" Right. And then I also that's saw that broken. like um, Yasmani Grandal qualifies as an American citizen now, so he can play for the American team at catcher. And I was like, "Oh Dude, my god!" That's gosh. gonna be such a stack. So we got the best catcher. We got the best outfielders. Talk about a World <laughs> Series team. That's a World Series yeah. team. No kidding. The United States already won last the world, last World Baseball and Classic, the, and see their team wasn't even that great. I didn't think versus like everybody else's, like because they, they had like they brought some pretty they good had like players. Hosmer, yeah, at first, and yeah. Like the, I don't know. That's just the one that sticks yeah. out to me. Like he wasn't that good. No, no, he wasn't. It was but nuts. if it's all depends on like if the players actually decide to perform, or, yeah, exactly. But if right. they do, like USA is going to be the favorites for sure. Yeah. Well, Juan, Juan Soto did last time, so. Yeah. Should be interesting. Yeah, it'll be fun. All right, well, we got to move on. We do. <laughs> you must follow our personal life, but uh, <laughs> baseball is just a big part of our friendship. And exactly. this is just us two. I just want to chat about it a little bit. But, right. Um, before we get into the show today, we're going to skip the name game, man, because I think uh, that's fair. just one person isn't going to really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get into our World Series construction conversation, just a reminder, reminder, we are on all the podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, wherever you get your podcasts, you can rate, subscribe, uh, share with your friends. We'd really appreciate it. You can send your questions to be featured on a future show at thestitchespodcast at gmail.com. That's thestitchespodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at stitchespod. That's at stitchespod. And like us on Facebook for all new content. We always drop in videos and stuff like that on our Facebook page. So we'd really appreciate it if you liked us over there. And then a shout out to our guy, Zach Hiring at State Farm. We'll have an ad for him in the middle of the show. He has sponsored all of our episodes through the end of February, which we are almost reaching the end of, which means spring training is only like two weeks away. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. That's Can't pretty wait. crazy. Um, all right, man. So World Series teams, um, it's such a tricky concept because on the one hand, you have to balance the regular season, 162-game right grind Mm -hmm. and it's not all pretty you're not going to win every game in just like the greatest fashion you have to manage workloads all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff but you have to balance that with the sprint that is the postseason Mm -hmm. i mean you're playing five game series seven game series seven game series in your mind i mean what what is kind of the secret sauce to a world series team it is it the hitting side of it is the pitching side or what kind of balance do you kind of have to strike there well, it, it depends on how it starts. I mean, it starts with the off season, right? You want to get the pieces to the the finish the puzzle to make it to the World Series, but you got to start somewhere. And I think you got to start in the off season. You got to make the right signings. You got to make smart trades. If you feel like you have a surplus at a position, then you should probably trade someone. That's where it starts. If your farm system's really deep and you don't feel like you need that guy, maybe trade him. There's there's stuff that starts in the off season that helps you build to that top of the peak of the World Series. 
But you have to start somewhere, and it starts in the offseason. And then once you get past that offseason, you're actually into the season, then you start having battles. And the position is spring training. You're talking about the small fundamentals, who's going to win out a spot. Obviously, the veterans who've been there forever don't even have to prove anything in spring training. They could literally just lollygag, and they'll probably still start. You know, they're not going to go hard in the paint. Well, I think that's kind of shifting, though. You think so? I think a lot of, a lot of young guns are starting to – the teams are starting to look at young guns more. Veterans aren't safe. Hmm. Well, I okay. So when I say when I say veterans, I don't mean like a guy's thirty five, and you he's mean like likely. The studs. Yeah, you know, I'm talking about like the the la creme of the creme, like the best of the best. They're yeah. not. They're well, not I, obviously. I'll gonna... look at it this way, man. Like you say about the off season. Look mm-hmm. at last year's Washington Nationals. Right. I mean, their off season. They got some guys. They got some depth guys. You talk about like Brian Dozier. Mm-hmm. They resigned Matt Adams, I believe. I don't think. I think he wasn't under contract. Um. How Howie Kendrick. Hmm. Gerardo Parra. I mean, these right. are some of these guys that you talk about that add depth to your team. They're like Obviously, bench guys, Nationals. though. Yeah. What? They're, bench guys. They're like bench guys. I mean, if you look at their statistics, they're bench guys. They're not guys you're going to want to start. So, yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. But you look at the top there, Patrick Corbin was their marquee signing last right. year. Right. And he was such a crucial part to that World Series run. And right. like you said, it's all about the offseason. I mean, it's a lot easier said than done. Right, it starts but there. But you, really, you have to start there, and mm-hmm. you have to look at the roster makeup, right. and you have to look at where you need to improve. And the Nationals clearly need to improve on their depth and add a little, uh, add maybe a stud to that rotation to get kind of a top three that rivals anyone in baseball Right. Um, for them. But when you, when you look at it in the offseason, you don't want to start with, just you know one year go for it one year you want to have a plan you want to have a set plan for maybe four or five years are you looking at free agents that are three years down the road from this year are we going to be able to afford them you know you have to look at payroll you have to look at all these other things that actually matter too and not just look at the grand scheme of hey we got one year in us let's go for it it's a it's a process agreed and when our friend brought this up to us man he was he was talking about is pitching his question was i think he was exaggerating a little bit is Mm -hmm. pitching dead Mm -hmm. but our argument was pitching is so crucial in the postseason and obviously the regular season, but mm-hmm. more so in the postseason. Uh, you kind of looked up some things about lineups versus pitching. Um, there are not a lot of World Series winning teams that just have a lineup with really no pitching. At least not since we've been alive. I can tell you that yeah. right now. <laughs> I mean, every team you see win the World Series has either a star-shedded rotation or at least a good like good rotation or a dominant with one star or, two. or something like that or pretty good closer i mean there's something there's something that balances out that makes them that star team that they are whereas we've seen teams without very good lineups win the world series Mm -hmm. so i think when it comes to the pitching versus lineup argument it's got to be more on the pitching side right um i'm just thinking the last three here 2019 the nationals rotation was literally the reason they won (laughs) honestly that rotation was (laughs) was lights out 2018 you look at the red sox with like chris sale David Price, mm-hmm. pretty good. Maybe rotation. that wasn't the the starter star studded rotation, but it was really good. They went on to win the World Series. Twenty seventeen, the Astros, Justin mm-hmm. Verlander, mm-hmm. Um, Charlie Morton. Yep. Um, forgetting one more. Uh, yeah, I don't Not know. Gar- they didn't have Garrett Cole. No, at they didn't. No, no, no. Oh jeez, <laughs> we gotta go years back. That's right. We got we got internet. <laughs> Internet's important. We got internet. Oh man, it's already going back a few years, and I can't even remember it already. That's crazy. Dallas Keuchel. Ah, yes. One that's that's yep. why I forgot him. Overrated. Yep. Yeah, he's overrated. <laughs> yeah. Then they had like Lance McCullers. Yep. 
who's really good in the postseason. Um, Brad yep. Peacock, who's solid. Yep. yep. But he only had 21 starts. But yeah, so it's about the rotation in the postseason. Right. But Robert, in your opinion, how much do you have to balance the postseason with the regular season? Because we've seen 162 games, lots of things can happen, but a lot mm-hmm. of things balance out too. So the better team is going to emerge over 162 games. Whereas in the playoffs, maybe not the best team wins the World Series. Right. How do you kind of, in your mind, what's kind of the balance there when you make your makeup of the team? Well, I think it starts with who's in your division. I mean, do you have tough rivals or is they rebuilding? I mean, you got to look at when you when you make moves, offseason moves, and you make trades, and you you do all the whole thing and the deadline, everything. You got to look at it like this: every team has a plan of how they're going to go about the next season or this season. And I think if your division is weak then you are more likely to not have to make so many moves because you know you have a good chance of at least getting in at the top of the division or you might even be in wildcard contention because you know the teams below you are just not as favorable as you are versus if you're in the Yankees division, you're in the AL East, you got the Yankees, you got the Rays now who are surging, you got the Red Sox who you never can sleep on, and Toronto's right around the corner. So you got four legit teams. I'm sorry, Baltimore, you're just not that good. No, they'll lose <laughs> you got, 100 games again. Exactly. So you got you got four teams right there that are com- could be competitive in 2020. So that makes a big difference versus if you're in the AL Central, I'm only looking at the Twins and the White Sox. I think even the Indians have fallen. When you give up your star-studded two-time Cy Young winner, Corey Kluber, the change of scenery is about to happen. And I just think... For that to be uh, a scenario of how you want to go about the the season is it's just dramatic because you don't want that to happen, but those things do happen, and that's what makes this game so crazy and unpredictable because when you have, like I said, a division that is weaker, you're more likely to get into the postseason. But if you're in the AL East, you're really battling out, you're scratching, you're clawing how you're going to get to that even that wild card spot. But you look at last year with the like let's say the Twins, mm-hmm. it was really the Twins and Indians. It was the Twins were swept in the first round. Right. So I mean, what's the balance there? Because I mean, they didn't have that team. Because Noah would argue they didn't have enough competition. And I yeah. now that I look at it, he's absolutely right. There is not a very much competition in the AL Central, and therefore the Twins were projected to flop because of it. Yeah, and. I think we were the only people that were kind of on the Twins bandwagon. <laughs> well, we were on the bandwagon for the regular season, but what people don't understand is just because you win the AL Central and have a great uh, great regular season does not mean it's going to translate into the postseason. As you can tell with the Washington Nationals, which is a good, I think, segue right there. The Washington Nationals were fantastic in the postseason, but they were kind of, eh, you know, they were hit and miss. There was droughts. There was question marks, hey, this guy should get fired, or this guy shouldn't even be in the rotation anymore, something like that. And somehow they put it all together at the deadline, got a few sneaky pieces, and then they became World Series champions when it was all said and done. And that right there, exactly. And it does happen. You know, wildcard teams do win World Series rings. The Giants have done it. The Nationals have done it. It does happen. I just think when you look at it, it's the teams that win that wild card spot, though, Luke, is on pitching and getting hot at the right time. That's what it is. And and, uh, it's crazy to even think about, like, if the Nash, if Trent Grisham doesn't misplay that ball in the wild card game for the Brewers, Nationals might not even have had a chance to go to the World Series. That is true. We talk about baseball is really a game of inches. Like I said, in a 162-game regular season, Yes, there's a game of inches, but it all balances out between both teams. Like, the better team is going to emerge in the regular season. There's no doubt. There's too many games. Mm-hmm. But when you talk about the postseason, a play like Trent Grissom makes, if he makes that play, it, we could be talking about the Brewers World Series champions instead of the Nationals. So uh, when it comes to the postseason, you really have to look at it's 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 just about it's so much 
so much rides on one pitch, one at bat, one mm-hmm. inning. So, so much more than 162 games, and that's why it's so beautiful. It is. But on the, the other side of that is that the best teams may fall. Yes. And you saw that with the Astros, who are maybe the best. I, I think we can all say we're probably the best team on paper. They didn't win the World Series, even though they had the pitching, they had the offense. The mm-hmm. Astros just outlasted them, and yep. thankfully, thankfully, because the Astros <laughs> cheating right, scandal. With the but scandal. Yep. Even with the scandal, the Astros looked the best team. Yep. So that's what I love about the playoffs so much is that it's not so much as what your team does on paper, although you do need to have those pieces. You do need to have the pitching. Mm-hmm. You need to have some good hitters in your lineup. But it's more so how you execute is your team, you know, built for it, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Well, and then you have rising, yeah, and then you have like rising stars like your man David Freese, who just you know mediocre in the regular season, and then guess what? He breaks out in the postseason. Pablo Sandoval for the Giants, it happens, and then they just carry that weight into the postseason. They get hot, and the next thing you know, they're in the World Series, and they might even be talked about winning it. Then it's not about who's on paper anymore; it's about who's hot at the right time. It does it does matter. It is a thing. You do have to have talent. You do have to have skill. But at the same time, some people are just better under pressure. And those are two guys I just wanted to list off that I think really fit the profile. Okay, we're going to get some uh, more World Series makeup talk after our uh, message from our sponsor. Everyone knows you can save money on your auto insurance at State Farm. But do you know they can help build your credit? Give Zach Hiring State Farm in Moorhead, Minnesota, a call to help with all your insurance needs or questions. Zach and his team will ensure you are covered properly and will help you build your assets for a successful future. Zach Hiring State Farm is located just south of I-94 and east of A Street in Moorhead, Minnesota. Give them a call today at 218-236-8000. That's 218-236-8000. And so when we talk about you know winning teams these days, we talk about is it a question between old school versus new school, analytics versus you know old school stats, old school veteran players. Robert, I know you're the school of old school. That's mm-hmm. where that's where you uh, that's where you attend. Right. And I'm more of the analytics side of things. Mm-hmm. But I was just kind of thinking this over before the podcast. There's not really a right way, no. is there? No, there I really mean honestly, isn't. it really just depends on the team, depends on the execution. Because you look at the last three years, Nationals, as you pointed out during the World Series, are very much an old school team with the lineup. Okay, I will, I will with the say lineup. with the lineup. But even yeah, their the pitching, I mean, right. their pitching isn't really. I mean. You look at the the numbers that measure the pitching is a little more new school, but these guys they they eat innings. Mm-hmm. Then you look at the twenty eighteen Red Sox. I feel like that was kind of a mix between new and old. Mm-hmm. Then you look at twenty seventeen Astros. That's definitely a new school team. Yep. So, like I said, not really a right way, is there? No, there isn't. There isn't a right way. I mean, you could build your team based off of having the best bullpen in the game, and you might win a World Series. You could have the best rotation, and obviously win a World Series, as the Nationals have proven that, and still have like an outright offense that was literally carried by three bats, in my opinion. And then the guys got hot. Howie Kendrick got hot. I mean, like, it happens. It's crazy. You don't need a whole lineup of nine hitters or eight hitters, depending on what league you play in, to win a World Series. It just doesn't happen. I mean, we've talked about the Yankees for how many years, and people have said they're going to win the World Series with this lineup, and it just hasn't happened. When the Yankees won World Series rings, Luke, they had starting pitching. They had Andy Pettit. They had the best closer, Mariano Rivera. They had top-tier pitching that still uh, was really good in their era that made them the contenders they were. Now, they're playing, they have these, like, fringy starters who could be good, but then they get hurt or something. Like, Severino has an injury pass now. Um, Paxton has a terrible injury history. Jay Happ's garbage. And and Jay Happ's just trash. Now they got Garrett Cole. That's, that's, that's big. 
Because we're talking about elite pitching really performing in the postseason, and Garrett Cole really showed up last year and the year before that. So this is this is a different dynamic in New York. But it, is that going to tell them that they have enough to win the World Series? I don't know. But they do have that really good bullpen that is one success to winning a World Series is having a successful bullpen. If you don't have that elite starting pitching, you can maybe do it with that. The Rays are known for that too. But they also have starting pitching. That's the crazy part. I look at the the Twins right now, and this is why there's so much concern. They don't have the starting pitching. I mean, Jose no. Barrios, Jake Odorizzi is not going to get it done. You hope Rich Hill is healthy. Mm-hmm. Then you may have a shot, but they don't really have the elite starting pitching like the right. Astros. Right. The Yankees, the yep. Rays, yep, and that's the issue. I mean, neither, same with the White Sox. The White Sox. That's what I'm saying. Even the yeah. White Sox don't. That's and that's why it's hard to say these two teams will go on to the World Series, whether they get there or not, or if they win it, then that's great. But based off of on paper, because this is what everybody's going to look at, they don't have that team. And yes, it's possible they can get hot at the right time. But then when you have question marks where you get, you know, an article saying Grotto Aral is now in the bullpen and he's not going to be a starter, he's not going to go back to the minors and be a starter, that gives me a little bit of doubt because I thought maybe he'd go back into either the minor leagues or maybe he'll get that fifth spot as a starter, win it out of spring. And now you're thinking, okay, well, now we have a couple more years on starters. Are they going to come up? What like what's, what's the dynamic of the Minnesota Twins system right now? I mean, is it enough yeah. to get to the World Series? Probably not, because we don't have those familiar names on paper. These are in-house developed players that we're just going to have to wait and see and how they grow. Yeah, Bruce Star Gratterall, obviously their top prospect, and mm-hmm. yeah, he could be a closer by the end of the year if which, things if which, things don't, like if Taylor Rogers isn't right. a repeat year. Right, which but is, which that's is great, away from but you rotation. might want him as a starter. That's the thing. Exactly, that's taken away from the rotation. Exactly. That's away. The bullpen's and already you, fine. You, Matt, you look at last year's Twins roster – their their offense, yes, they didn't. The offense didn't show up like it should have, but the pitching was really what killed them. Right. You, when you look at both the starting pitching and the relievers, mm-hmm. I they, couldn't I couldn't agree more. So that's the difference. Yeah, and, and the thing is, their bullpen was fine. I do think you know I'll make the argument that some of the pitchers on their team overperformed. Tyler Duffy being one, I don't think he's that good. I think that was the peak for him. But it doesn't mean he can't be semi-good next year and still be solid. But to rely on him in those big spots probably shouldn't. Didn't work out last time. What makes you think it's going to work this year? You know, like, especially against Gliber Torres, who's right around the corner being a top five player in the game, according to everybody. Yeah, it, it, there's just there's so much discussion around this stuff, and I honestly don't think we even got close to answering it. But it's just a fun topic to, dis, to discuss, right? I mean, mm-hmm. um, what goes into a team, I don't like. It's just there's so many different parts, and, that's what and makes there's the so many so different, different different ways of, of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what maybe the one conclusion that we did agree on is that pitching is so ultra important when it comes to the postseason. Right, having elite starting pitching is is so important. Obviously, having some bullpen pieces as well. Yes, I think that outshines what a lineup does. Yes, no matter even if it's nine guys in forty home runs, batting two sixty, I still think I'd take the pitching. <laughs> yeah yeah i agree all right well let's move on to our our question we have a fan question today and then we'll wrap up the show a little shorter show today because obviously just two of us um, we'll be back with the the full-fledged show next week um all right so the question we got today is from emily and she asks what's the best stadium food you've ever had now i think we should preface this by saying which stadiums we've been to man mm-hmm. um so i have been to 10 i've been mm-hmm. to twins brewers Royals, Cardinals, White Sox, Cubs, Rockies, Dodgers, Padres, and Diamondbacks. Mm-hmm. So that's 10. 
Robert, what are yours? I've been to Diamondbacks, Twins, White Sox, Cubs. Um, I think. Been to Royal Cardinals? No. Oh yeah, and Bush. Yep, been to the Cardinals, and that's it. That's all. Okay, so five. Yep. So for for me, I think my favorite one was probably the White Sox. Yeah, I could I could agree with that. I, I think, think they, I think they had like so I we went to it was me Robert Noah we went to Chicago was that three years ago four years ago now it was like 2016 wasn't it? Uh, I think no, it was, it was like, after the Cubs won the World Series so 2017. Was, yeah, yeah, I think it was three years ago, about roughly three years ago. Close. So yeah, 2017 because it was after the Cubs won the World Series I think. Mm-hmm. So um, they played the Rockies. Yep. When we went to the Cubs game, but then we went to the White Sox game. Um, which is what is it guaranteed rate field now yep with the down arrow <laughs> which is pretty funny for a baseball team um and i had like this like i think it was like a like a bacon brat type deal mm-hmm. do you remember that yeah it sounds familiar you didn't have it but what no, I, I didn't what i had I didn't even it was think really I really good really. yeah and i looked up uh on the internet after that and i saw that that's one of the top rated fields for food mm-hmm but what's yours? So mine's a uh, guaranteed rate field, the White Sox, favorite food there. I think I might stay at home. I've had just about everything that I've liked at Target Field, and I've liked it all. I think Target Field has pretty good food, and I think it's a pretty good hospitality stadium. And there's nothing quite like it, personally, that I've been to. I love Bush Stadium, the atmosphere, but when it comes to food, I think Target Field's number one. I think yeah. Minnesota fans will like that. Well, let's jump off this question. Thanks, Emily, for the for the question. What's your favorite stadium you've been to out of the five? Target oh, Field? No, it's Bush Stadium easily. Bush, Bush Stadium. Stadium just has that feel when you walk in. Uh, you know, I've never been to Yankee Stadium. I haven't been to Fenway Park. So I don't know what it's like to hear those crazy chants. But I tell you what, when the Molina chant gets going, man, I was feeling it. I wanted to say Molina. <laughs> yeah. And my boy Alan Craig was still there when we went. Yeah. So we had, an, we had an AC chant going. Or excuse me, they weren't saying Molina. They were saying Yachty. That's what it is. Not Yachty. Molina. Yachty. Yep. yep. Crazy. But yeah, we had, we had an Alan Craig chant going. We called him the AC because he's so cool under pressure. That's that was our <laughs> that was our nickname for Alan Craig. If you guys remember who that was, so we had an AC chant going. He almost hit a walk off. I remember it was like really close to the end of the game, and they had the bases loaded, but didn't work out. Oh well. Right. Uh, my favorite stadium, um, I, it's got for me. It's got to be Target Field. I hmm. love Target Field, and I. I don't know if it's because of the nostalgia because I've been there every year since it opened in 2010, but I love it so much. They built that ballpark so well, and uh, I don't know. I love Target Field. Bush Stadium is is right there as well. Um, wasn't a big fan of Wrigley. It was, I it's the yeah. I mean it was the it looks better on TV, cool. man. I'm not gonna the lie. history there is cool, but just yeah. it was too tight. It was the food wasn't very good. Yeah, I was about to say we're the probably gonna get good. called Cubs haters because yeah. we have one fan who keeps calling us a Cubs hater. That's fine. <laughs> I don't care. Um, but I wasn't a big fan. I like Denver a lot. Denver was really cool. They had like a lot of cool bar scene outside that ballpark. Hmm. Um, and then but, guarantee Rayfield and Chase Field are probably pretty generic to you. I'm yeah, guessing. pretty generic. Yeah. L.A. was cool. Um, they have so L.A. obviously a huge city. They have like this like park just like north of the downtown L.A. and it's like a big like hill, mm-hmm. and the ballpark's on top of that hill. So when you get to the ballpark, there's like trees all around you. So like you're in the middle of a city, but it seems like you're like in the wilderness. Oh, that's actually it. pretty interesting. It's pretty cool. So that was cool. San Diego was a cool ballpark. It was freaking hot the one day we went though. Wow. Um, San Diego is just a cool city in general. But mm-hmm. There's a lot. Of, like, I have not hated a ballpark. Guaranteed right field might be the closest I got to hating a ballpark because <laughs> that place is 
really boring. But that's when the White Sox are really bad too, so it's true. hard to, to, to judge. That's, that's true, yeah, because there was like no fans. There might have been like yeah. 200. <laughs> yeah, that was – like, remember they It had was kind of cold too. Yeah, They had the organ music. We went yep. there like two hours for the game, and they just kept yeah. playing the same organ music for two hours for the game. Like, God, this is boring. Like, I'll fall asleep. <laughs> We had we, we had solid seats. We had solid. We had seats. really really good seats for like fifteen bucks. Yeah, that was, that was cool. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, good show, man. Just oh, us yeah. two taking taking the slack. Uh, did you um, want to tell the people that we got a big old podcast coming in the next? Oh month? yeah 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 yeah. So look out, guys. Uh, I told you spring training's two weeks away. So about a week or two before the season starts, we're gonna have our big big prediction special. If you are a longtime listener, you remember last year we had about an hour where we just talked about what our predictions are for the next uh, the season ahead. We do division winners, wild cards, playoffs, World Series, MVPs, all that kind of stuff. So we're getting close to that. That's our favorite episode to do every year. So we just want to give you a heads up that it is coming up in about a month and a half. So get ready for that. Um, and the good news is that means baseball season's right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, Countdown. So yeah, days. just a heads up there. Yeah, I think Robert's going to have a – we're going to have some bold predictions this year. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a different year. That's for yeah. sure. I agreed. All right. Well, just a reminder, we're on the pod, all the podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, wherever you get your podcasts. Share it with your friends. Subscribe, rate. We'd really appreciate it. And uh, send your questions to be featured on a future show at thestitchespodcast at gmail.com. That's thestitchespodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at stitchespod. That's at Stitches Pod and like us on Facebook. All right, we will uh, talk to you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in to uh, just two guys talking baseball, Joe Schmoes. Um, we'll catch you in a week. All right, take care.